Season 3, coming at you right about now. First of all, let me say, folks, it's good to be back. I missed you. I missed Justin. I missed Taylor. Most importantly, I missed this couch. I missed the glizzies on this island. Do you not sit on that couch every day? I took a nice nap on this every day around, you know, crack of noon to about 4 p.m. It's a good schedule. You know, you got to get your beauty sleep in. We are in the show business, Justin. It's called show business. Nightlife. Yeah. It's show business, not stay up late business. You're right. All right. But regardless... Justin, nice haircut. Taylor, yeah. still haven't gotten your haircut since October. <laughs> <laughs> Two haircuts a year. I got one in February. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> How's your summer been, boys? Well, you know, pretty solid year. I was on the radio all summer, traveling the island, so pretty happy with that. Oh, Can't yeah. complain. I'm going to miss it a bit, but I'm glad that I'm back with this, so we're still out and about. What else can a boy from down east ask for other than traveling this island in a hot 105.5 right. Nice little big Jeep beats oh, yeah. the 2010 roller, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All over the radio this summer. I'm sure you guys, well, anyone that listens to the radio nowadays, who your knows? favorite summer voice. Yeah, you got a whole <laughs> ten listeners now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably ten now. Like I don't know. I don't know, I don't know the exact numbers, but I signed a few autographs this summer. I forgot my to record one drive. And yeah, I listen to the radio. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> when my phone dies, I do the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. But I don't do it when I'm not. Yeah. Anyway, Justin, you just landed from Ottawa. Yeah, like this I'm morning. Off, I'm off a flight here about four or three hours ago. Um, basically, the summer's been busy for me. I was the only one that stayed here. Well, actually, sad. That's a lie. You stayed here, but you were gone. <laughs> I was for, only gone for a month, man. Yeah, <laughs> only a month. I was the only one that was like here inside the Water Boys studio. He got Thunder lonely. Dome. Yeah, I got <laughs> lonely while you were gone. Got one of them body pillows and just curls um, up for the night. Yeah, put her faces on it. So <laughs> it was busy summer. Worked for the city of Charlottetown. I mean, like yeah, that's I'll busy. Sitting and taking that's naps. That's real busy. I'll give I'll give Rupert a shout out right here. This is the only shout out they'll ever give him. But shout out to Rupert, great worker for the summer. <laughs> anyway, so moving on to the next part of the summer, which was I covered most of the baseball, whatever baseball games I could get to, I went to for the Islanders. Um, yeah, it was pretty busy for that. Um, yeah. Double headers, a lot of sun, a lot of no sunscreen going on. And get a little tan there, Jenny. Oh, got a big tan. I am a farmer boy all about. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Tan here, white all the rest of the way. He's Neapolitan ice cream, folks. He's got a little and then, <laughs> dark little strawberry, little white. Yeah. Ended, ended the summer on a... Yeah, actually, you know what? That's, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> ended the summer on a positive note. Went to Ottawa for the last five days, and now I am back. We are starting school. Taylor starts tomorrow. I start Wednesday. Grant starts Wednesday. The mayhem begins. We are full... Full blown back into the podcast, full blown back into covering sports, full blown into playing sports for Grant. Me and Taylor are playing rec leagues like we're, oh, we're, yeah. we're, we're loaded. Beer league still counts. Yeah. <laughs> UPI men's rugby nationals. This is the year. Yeah. This is the year. So we're going. So Hot first day. off, first <laughs> off, um, we're going into the hockey news because we told you when we left off back in July that we would be coming back um, with all the latest information that happened throughout the rest of the summer. 
Um, so Taylor, why don't you like start us off here? What happened in the hockey world in the last month and a half? <laughs> Where do I start with the hockey world in the last month and a half? This has probably been the craziest and busiest offseason the NHL has seen probably since like the cap era came into play. So we're going to kick things off here with Calgary. The Flames, man. The Flames were flaming this summer. The Flames, yeah. First it was burning the building down. Everyone was like, Calgary's done. Might as well sell the franchise. We were in like Arizona Coyotes level of like (laughs) hype there. And then all of a sudden, Brad Treliven just pulls the rabbit out of the hat. He turns chicken shit into chicken strips. Like this guy absolutely (laughs) turned the year around. We'll start with Johnny Goudreau. Two days before free agency starts. He, saw, he decides, tells Calgary, you know what, you don't have a chance, sign me. It's time, I'm leaving, I'm going to America to sign with the good old Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> yeah, that was a big loss. For less money, too. For less money, to go to Columbus. And where he thinks he's competing for a championship, you know what? Where he'd be lucky to get to the playoffs, let alone do anything else. Props for him for thinking this, like, maybe it will work out, but... I just don't yep. see them being a championship team in the next two to three years at least. Five maybe. or six, maybe ten, lifetime, who knows, it's close. Maybe in his mind he's just like an eight-year-old, he's just like, oh, I want to go to the stadium with the cannon. Makes a big boom. <laughs> well, I mean, like, Every time we're I talking about Johnny Goudreau here, like, he, he, what was reported, I remember seeing, like, all the whole time was Philly. And I Philly never, Philly no. never even gave yeah. him an offer. Philly seems to choke any time. Yeah, they come to signing or make that big splash. They just sign like washups. They hope they can turn into big names. <laughs> Someone on TikTok made the perfect analogy, and it was that super bad analogy of when McLovin gets his fake ID. And they're like, <laughs> why would you go with McLovin of all names? And he's like, well, it was between that and Muhammad. Why would it be be between McLovin and Muhammad? <laughs> you know? And that was my mindset, and the person who made that TikTok over that sound, that was their mindset yeah. between why between Philly and Columbus. Those are two very strange teams to want to go very to. Very strange. Super with that last yeah, night. exactly. He it was a family move, but even so, he's like New Jersey was the most logical at that point because I'm yeah. pretty sure he grew up in like Orange County or something. Yeah, and on top of that, New Jersey is actual. They didn't have a terrible off season. Team that's gonna be decent. This exactly, year. they're gonna have some competitive edge. Right? Yeah, but he goes seven years, sixty-eight point two five million to go to Columbus. Columbus. Yeah. Where he thinks Take we got up. a chance to win. I mean, I guess Goudreau's Goudreau, and we're going to see what he can do, if he's going to be a 100-point player there or not. 100-point player or not, one man cannot carry a cannon. I mean, 100-point <laughs> player, they lost two of them this year, so which one's the other one? We move on to July 22nd, where a little bit before this, Matthew Kachuk says, well... I just lost the only guy that can score on this team other than me. (laughs) So, uh, time to advantage up and go back to the States as well. So, a few days later, not even a week goes by, and Brad Trillivan's like, you know what, we're going to feel out the trade market, we'll just probably hold on to him for a bit and see what happens, because he doesn't have to move him ASAP. And then all of a sudden, the Florida Panthers come along, and they're like, hey, we'll give you like two pillars of our franchise (laughs) to get this guy. They send Jonathan Huberto... Mackenzie Weger, Cole Schwint, just a prospect, and a conditional first-round pick in 2025 for Matthew Kachuk in a fourth. And if it doesn't, if it's not a first-round pick in 2025, it's a first-round pick in 2026. So it's the first pick no matter what. Yeah. So, So, for me, this trade is just 
bonkers. Calgary Bonk. has a full refrigerator, and they're ready to eat now. And it doesn't you even got, stop there. You got, you got a, what did you get? A super star winger? Oh, wait, you just lost Johnny Goudreau? Thank you very much. We'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, what did you get? A top two defenseman? Oh, wait, we already have one of the best defensive pairs in the league. We'll take that. So yeah. And throw in a prospect a and a first-round pick. For one player and a fourth-round pick. Like, no disrespect to Matthew Kachuk. I love his game. He's got, like, all the elements you want that have been missing in hockey lately with the physicalness but also the ability to score. But you just got Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Weger. And, like, I can't stress this enough. Like you said, the Florida GM must have been drunk whenever he sent that deal over. Like, the other thing is, like, Huberto re-signing Calgary for a mil more than what... He got eight years, 84 million. Yeah, he got 10.5 AAV. And I'm pretty sure Matthew could chuck eight years, 9.5 million AAV. So, if you're Florida, like, you're off on a million dollars, and I'm sure, you know what, Huberto would have took the same price as what Kachuk did to stay in Florida. So why why not sign Huberto? Well, it was like he literally, Huberto think, said he was so blindsided because they had just started talking about extensions and then all of a sudden it's, hey, yeah, we're, we're sending you up north. I get yeah. that he's like six years older. I think I think he's six years older than um, Kachuk. Kachuk yeah. But this man just put up like 115 points, I'm pretty sure, yeah, this no, past your, year. Your best, the best winger Florida had, him and Barakov, that line. And it just... It not not does it baffle me, but I'm just I feel so proud that Calgary came out the way they did because they did not that fan base did not deserve to have that kind of off season unfold for them. And then in the span of like a week, they lost their two like pillars, the two names to their franchise. Brought in Huberto Uyghur, and then flash forward a little bit to August eighteenth, the hottest free agent on the market who took. A month and a half aside after free agency opened, Nazem Kadri comes in on a seven by seven. Yep. Yeah. And you ship out um, Sean Monahan. Yeah, to clear to, the room. To uh, Montreal, which good for Montreal. We got a first round pick as well out of that, so I'm I'm not too upset about that. We'll see Sean Monahab now. We we'll see if he can like <laughs> like re. I don't even know like. Retrigger his career, like reset his career. You stack that on Montreal's wicked draft that they just had. Oh yeah, they're walking away. I'd I'd say you know, with the flip flopping success of the Montreal Canadiens, we're hoping hoping that we have this exact same season that we had last year. No, like this. No, the season they had. If you are not at least the ten teams, I would say that are competing for the Stanley Cup. You're tanking for Bedard. Oh, 100%. So, yeah. we, there's no reason for us to be, like, we need we need to go win. Like, we need no, to, they definitely, I think they do look better than they did last season. Oh, they look carry better. Price hurts. And, for sure. And I think that to go back to, basically, Calgary, it's Nazem Kadri did not get the price that he wanted. When he went into free agency, he wanted $9 million to begin with. Um, he got $2 million less every year. Colorado would never be able to afford him to Colorado begin with. Colorado never was going to be able to afford that. And why would they need it? 
Um, they still have a lot of good, yeah. You got a new hook on the way up too, so like. Yeah, I think I think Calgary got a. Everyone was saying it was a little much, but I think they got a pretty solid deal getting the house by seven. I think seven million isn't the problem. I think it's the term that's the problem. Yeah, seven years. He's seven years. I'm pretty sure he's 31 years old. That takes him to 38. Um, just anything about five years for a guy that age is a little questionable. Was still earning yeah, seven million yeah, at that thir- point. Yeah, 31 at the end of this season, turning 32 in um, October. So yeah, yeah it's I, nice to see him back in Canada though. <laughs> so technically, he'll be 30. 38 turning 39 by the end of this contract making 7 million a year do you really think he's going to put up the numbers that he did and my biggest problem with Nazem Kadri is yes I think he had an amazing season I think he had a great playoffs but this is only one season worth of body work he's, this is not he's been solid but that was a solid season yeah it's not it hasn't been a constant point per game player though I don't no. think I think they're banking on the fact that they're going to get two to three more good years out of him before he starts to decline. So they were just kind of like, they want, they're still in win now mode. And they were like, we'll bite the bullet on the term. Trillivan was like, let's just keep making splashes. We'll bite the bullet on the term. Hopefully get good two, three years out of him. Try and make a cup run. And then he'll hopefully yeah, still be good. Calgary's, but Calgary's trying to go for a cup right now. Like they're, oh, they're, they're, not, they're not even done adding, they said. Like, Trillivan still wants more. Yeah. They were not satisfied with their performance. And then, no, like you said, accident. like they extended um, a couple more players this offseason. Yeah, so we got in extensions. Oh, they got, let's see, they got Zadarov extended. They got Donsk. They got Pullman. They got Majiapani extended. And they got Caden Flurry. So they didn't finish there at all. And as well, they signed Oscar Killington to a two-year, five-mil deal. Yeah, so I think those extensions, um, Zadarov, Killington... Uh, Majapani, all those guys are key assets to the Flames, like starting, I guess, yeah. 12 forwards and six defensemen. Like, they're deeper up front than they were last year. They're, they're not going to have that first line again. They're, they're not going to have that powerful best first line no. or best line in the NHL, but still, and a, a line of Majapani, um, Lindholm, and Huberto will be pretty Deadly. great to see, or Toffoli, whoever slots in the top line. Yeah. But, I mean, that that wasn't just the only team that had a decent offseason. Yeah, no. Calgary had a great time, but I think we've given them enough of our time. Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's move on to Toronto and Carolina here. Yeah, Toronto, Toronto obviously Toronto's disappointing just a team. again. Toronto's just a team that we have to mention because it's Toronto and Toronto is Toronto. Yeah, so it, basically... It's not a punching bag like it used to be, but it's definitely a speed bag. Oh, <laughs> you get a couple quick ones on them now. Yeah, they're. I'd be shocked if they don't get out of the first round. As long as they don't run into Tampa Bay again. I mean, I've said this for the past five years, so, like, I don't know. They're probably not going to make it out of the first round. <laughs> they're, uh, they're definitely banking on luck and hope right now. Uh, soup's gone. Heartbreaker there to say. Yeah. And they bring in Matt Murray. They acquired him That's from the a uh, Sens. questionable trade. Yeah. And then they also signed Ilya Samsonov to a 1 by 1.8. Which really, is also a questionable trade. I know. I love that one. I love that move. He was put, like. Do you love that because you're a Canadian fan? No, no, no. No, no, no. I love it because he was supposed to be. Like, I wish that we would have signed him. 
It feels like a low risk, high reward kind of deal. Exactly. You're only paying one point eight for a year with the chance of him having a really big season. Because he was he was drafted twenty second overall in the twenty fifteen draft. I do remember correctly, and he had such a high potential, high ceiling, and he just didn't live up to it in Washington. So, like you said, it's not a big contract. It's only one year as well. So, it's basically. Ilya Kovalchuk in Montreal. Yeah, anything that doesn't uh, result with another deal with uh, Peter Mrazek, I think that's a W for the Leafs. Yeah. But here's the deal with the Leafs: that low risk, high reward. You got to take a high risk. I mean, you need a lot and you grab a little. You went to the grocery uh, yeah. store and you grabbed a bag of oranges, and that's really it. They, yeah. I don't think they need any defensemen because they have Sandine on the way up. They have Lilligren. If they can sign them. <laughs> well. They're going to be... Logan's extended and Giordano was extended. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I think the D is... D set up. Yeah. Muzzin, eh. He could go yeah. if, if they wanted but to. The, the but the Leafs are still just rolling That's dice. not even the biggest no. thing right now with the Leafs. The biggest thing is that they're in... Might be in on Patrick Kane. So, here's my proposal trade once I heard this. Everyone, like, said... What are you talking about? You're crazy. They'd never do this. But hear me out. You send Jake Muzzin, which, sure. Er, That's a salary dump. In they're, Chicago they're not, Chicago's yeah. not going to love that one. No. But they need to do that in order to meet cap regulations. Um, you're going to send Nick Robinson, who is... A really good prospect who could Take be in the NHL. He yeah. could be in the NHL. He was in the NHL a little bit last year, but he could yeah. be a regular NHL player this year. Um, and then a first and a third for Patrick Kane. I think they're going to want more. I think so too, but I think that's a fair trade to start out with. Yeah, fair, I was I was proposal. thinking Willie Nylander yeah. be on the way. I, that's a good point to start off with. Yeah. I don't know if Will, like Willie. I think Willie, this is it. Like this is the season. Yeah. This is. He wasn't. He's just streaky. He's not always horrible. It's just streaky. And the reason nobody really expects Kane to go to one of those other teams is because it's just arrogance. They don't expect him to wear anything other than the Blackhawk sweater. No. Yeah. It, it's. Yeah. Tom no, Brady going to Tampa Bay. It's you're just. You're not wrong odd. with that. Like it's it's gonna be weird seeing him in a different sweater yeah. if it happens. I figure it'll be the Rangers if I'm being. I'd love to see him with the Rangers, to be honest. That completely changes any other one of the 31 locker rooms in this league. Yeah, and just, it makes them that much better. And that means if Patrick King goes, Taves is definitely going as well. For, I honestly, and I think they're going to need to keep Taves for a bit, unless some team wants to, they're not going to get anything back for him. He had a very subpar. I know he was dealing with a lot of illness the year before. He had a very subpar year last year. He doesn't want to be in a rebuild for the next five to ten years. No, no, he's gonna jump. I mean, that's what happens with any team in any league in any sport. Is you go through that rebuild, Mm -hmm. you're gonna lose. Yep. You're gonna lose. Exactly. So I'm gonna be a Blues fan for (laughs) 2022-2023 season. Um, maybe through 2024 too. Okay. Uh, Might support my home state. But. Yeah, I will say enough. this. Fair enough. The so, light is at the end of the tunnel yeah. for the Blackhawks. And so. maybe for the Leafs, too. Wrap up the Leafs right quick. They also added Kale Yarnrock for you by 8.4. It's not a bad deal coming to Nashville yeah. there. 
They take on Jordy Ben, Victor Mete. No, no, no. Kayla Yankok uh, came from uh, Seattle, was traded to Calgary, and then now he signed with the Leafs to... Two million by four years. Yeah, he's got a four years, eight point four. Yeah, yeah. So what? That's a good. That's a great yeah. deal for the Leafs. Yeah, and they yeah. also add Abe Kubel to finish at the yeah. bottom bottom six line there, and they add Mete and Ben both on the mids. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like it's gonna be a. They got a lot of they got a lot of low risk high reward deals coming in, but yeah. no no big splashes. No big They're splash. gambling heavy this year, <laughs> which they've done for a while with their goaltending. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, they're just gonna play it by ear again. Um, let soup walk, but yeah. it is what it is. Um, the yeah. next, the next thing I think we have to really diverse is. Um, I don't think we've ever seen a team in baseball fall off the way that the New York Yankees have fallen off, as a division leader. Like I've seen teams fall off the way they've fallen off. I don't mean that. I just mean as a division leader with that big of a lead, and now you're down to four game. They four were game lead over the Tampa Bay Rays. They were fifteen and a half come the All Star break. I'm pretty sure it was, and then all of a sudden, yeah, now entering play today, they were four games ahead of the Rays and six games ahead of the Jays mm-hmm. entering play today. Yeah. You know what surprised me since May? The Seattle Mariners. The Seattle Mariners. You, you asked me in spring ball who I thought would be top five in the American. I would not have put the Mariners in that discussion. Mm-hmm. Not the way they started, that's for sure. Nope. No. Well, I mean, you did just sign uh, your impressive rookie, um, yeah. Rodriguez. Julio. Julio Rodriguez yeah. to a huge deal. <laughs> not just a... Deal. It's a huge deal. For a 21-year-old? Yeah, for yeah. a rookie and 21-year-old. Yeah. And while we were away, the Mariners put a couple whoopings on the Yankees. There was one game where they got, what, six runs in the first against the Yankees? Yeah. I saw they lost a game like 9 nothing to the other day, and uh, he was their manager was just like, please let this be rock bottom. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't take any more. You're just hoping for a bump before October in this. So well, the only guy still performing right is Aaron Judge. He's still on yeah, pace to have a MVP year. He's up to oh, fifty two dingers. He's already got MVP loss. Yeah, and but then then I noticed the other game. Stanton three strikeouts. So, uh, he came back from injury three no, straight strikeouts. It's, it's all because they traded game. Joey Gallo. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> the world was right when they had Joey Gallo. You know Joey Gallo had to swing and he had to miss, but the Yankees were winning. It was all good. They didn't care because Joey Gallo. No. It was Gonzo. <laughs> no, it was like, who cares that Joey Gallo's not doing great because he's we're winning. Now that they're losing and Joey Gallo's not there, it makes it even worse. And he's actually doing better with the Dodgers. Yes, <laughs> that's the worst part about this. Now, the one thing I will like to say is that the Mets seem like the better team in New York at the moment. Actually, they don't just seem like the better team in New York. They are the, the New York team. Mets. They seem like one of the better teams North of what? North Carolina? (laughs) No, they seem like one of the better teams in the MLB, period. Yeah. I I really thought they were going to fall off. They always do. You go back to the end of season two, and it was really looking like I was banking on it. But they haven't. They've just stuck around. Diaz has the coldest... Closing song I've ever heard in That's, sports. It's so second cool. coldest. Second coldest. What's, what's Inter Sandman. 
<laughs> that is the coldest. Yeah, put them to sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a Yankees pitcher yeah. back, what, 10 years ago? But Somewhere around there. This, the, the trumpets just... Timmy Trumpets, that's a great one. It's that a, is a great one. It's something to hype the crowd up, but yeah, also they, like... They get right. going when, they, when you know... He's I'll be honest, like I get walk, going to His walk, it makes it even better. Like, oh yeah, the, the shoulders way, just bumping. Yeah, yeah the, sho- the way he gets the shoulders going and everything. And they even brought Timmy Trumpets to City Field. Yeah. That was a hell of a game. To bump what? To watch. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, uh, th- this is like an iconic thing. That's, <laughs> I think going to be with them for the rest of the season, obviously. Oh yeah, it's like a tradition now. Yeah. Like a, a, every, a superstition. Every time he comes in, every time he comes in, it's being played now. Like it's yeah, it's it's intro song. Yeah, no, it's and it's just it's yeah, like you said, it's such a baller move to have that as your yeah. and to have the trumpet like Timmy trumpet there at a game live too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. Oof. It's a great atmosphere at those games. It looks like. Um, well, they're just finally happy they're above 500 still after the trade deadline. <laughs> and <laughs> well above five games. 630. Above 5. Yeah, 630. 630 right now. There's 35 games above 500. Um, my next thing is uh, it's it's sad, but like you know, it is what it is. Uh, you go from 35 games above 500, everything's great in New York City. Um, to the north of the border, Canada. And uh, we basically are just surviving day by day. <laughs> like Streaky is the only word that can best describe the 2022 Toronto Blue Jays. Yep, I would agree with that. Um, currently, we are 6-4 and four in our last 10. Going into today, that is against... We have a doubleheader against Baltimore... Um, Enter and play today, it was six games back of the Yankees before the doubleheader got underway, and two and a half games ahead of the Baltimore Orioles, who they're yep. playing today for the final for, wild card yep. spot. And you're going to have to put some distance in between that Baltimore team, because that Baltimore team is scary. They're a team, the Jays are a team with everything to lose, playing a team with nothing to lose, and are, they're just having fun and seeing what they can do at this point of the year. You've got a catcher that is absolutely brilliant in Baltimore. Um, you have Gunner, who they just called up. Gunner's arm strength is just stupid good. Like It is insane how strong yeah. his arm strength is. His turning the double play the other night. I saw that, yeah. What a, what a throw. <laughs> just, he, he is definitely no doubt Proving why he was the number one prospect in the offense. Yeah, and yeah. like they, like you said, Adley Rush from behind the plate. They're feeling like the Toronto Blue Jays of two years ago, when Vladdy was just coming up, Bichette was just coming up, Biggio still had a lot of hype, and they were all like, "Oh my God, look at our young guns." Yeah, they're starting to kind of feel like that. The problem with the Blue Jays is they're losing games that they shouldn't lose. Oh, yeah. big time. Mostly against the Orioles and the Angels. You mm-hmm. lost three straight against the Angels. Oh, you and didn't even score a run? Oh, wait, no, you scored, scored two. one. They scored three against the Angels in that last series. Yeah, they were. In the last game. Oh, they were twice right. and then scored three. But they lost eight to three. The first game, they lost 12 nothing. The second two game, nothing. they lost, yeah, 2 nothing. So Those are three games you should not be losing. The those, Angels those are. Those should be three terrible. games that should be won. That those are three games that must be won at this point in the year. Those should be three games that's a series sweep, and that's ridiculous that they're not. Like, it's, it's terrible. You can't be considered a World Series no, team. They have guess two of the best players in the league, but... Guess which team they proceeded to lose to. 
Uh, they went two and one in the series. Guess, guess who they lost to in that series? Like the next series, you mean? The it was a next series, yeah. Yeah, Orioles, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure the Boston. It was the Chicago Cubs that they lost to. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the Chicago Cubs. How the hell did you lose to them two out of three times? Yeah, and that's five out of that's five out of six games against like. No offense, terrible teams right now. And you're how many games back to the Yankees in turn play today for those six? Games? And you look at five of those games if they were to win. Yeah. Like you, you just at you're in the dog days of August. You're coming down the home stretch of September. This is when you must, and I mean must, have your season figured out. And it still feels like they're getting streaky. Only a few of their guys are getting hot at the right times. You must. Barrios is still. They gotta elevate their play like every single one of them. Uh, except for Alex Manoa, Alec Manoa has been great the whole King season. of the six. King of the six. He's he's definitely their ace. Um, and I love his energy too. Like oh. he's the life of the. So like I don't know what else to say right now about the Toronto Blue Jays other than. You better, take some medication, fans of the Blue Jays, because <laughs> it's gonna be a wild September. Um, when it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of the city, Toronto, let's talk about the cousin to the south in terms of sports, the city of Chicago. Oh, my goodness. I, I thought we'd keep our head above water with the Sox and the Cubs. <laughs> nope. You know, I, I knew the Bears would probably tank this year, and they probably will. I didn't know how to feel about the Blackhawks and the Bulls, but I will say this. I just thought we'd have at least baseball to, you know, <laughs> be somewhat happy about it. Not excited. Not selling out stadiums, but just somewhat excited about. And they are proceeding to tank. The only teams in National League they have an edge on is Nationals and Pirates and maybe Reds in Miami. I mean, the Bears the Bears are probably gonna be the best team in Chicago. <laughs> the only the only yeah. highlight the city of Chicago has right now is Dave Port and I do one pizza reviews for them in there, <laughs> like up yeah. all the good joints. Barstool Big Cat, you know, just Actually, great representative. Sorry, the Bulls were half decent, but like, the Bulls will be the Bulls will be good this year again too. Like they'll be all right. Yeah, <laughs> just, they get a full year of just overall the city, the city of Chicago is suffering right now in sports. At least I'll have something to look forward to. Somewhat, yeah. The guy. Throughout the winter, yeah, maybe you, you know, the, like there'll be some exciting bowls. You got Justin Fields getting sacked about ten times a game. That's what you have to look forward to. Did you see the proposal for the new Memorial Stadium that the city of Chicago put out? I did not. Well, city of Chicago Twitter put up plans. You know, let's make Memorial Stadium. Sorry, Soldier Field, uh, New Age Stadium. You know, put a dome there, a little park, city access. Let's. Put it into the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Anyway, on their mock-up proposal, they put up a video board in like the new proposed park area. And on that video board was Justin Fields getting sacked. <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> that is just the epitome of Bears fans. Yeah. <laughs> just, we know what's happening. But yeah. we just want a nice stadium out of it. Oh my god. And that was just, at that point in the summer, I said, you know what? Chiefs all the way. Chiefs <laughs> <laughs> all the way. Yeah, well, speaking about football. Let's get into it. Week one is this week. We are, oh, what, three days away from the first NFL game? Um, yeah, we yeah. got the Rams and we got the Bills starting us off Thursday night. 
in um, SoFi Stadium, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, SoFi. Yep. SoFi Thursday night, Buffalo 920. Um, 100%. Do you guys just say Buffalo? Bills. Yes. Bills LA, Thursday. I mean, yeah. the, this is both teams that Odell's like apparently deciding. <laughs> you win this game, I'll sign with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, I saw today on, um, I can't remember exactly where, but Odell, I guess, or LA saved a locker for Odell still um, in hopes that he will be returning to the team. They don't need him, is the big thing. No, they no. were uh, Robert Wood. Or, yeah, Allen but, Robinson. Yeah, Allen Robinson is the one that they picked up and they the big sign yes. of the offseason for LA, and they yeah. also still so have Cooper Cup. They still have Cooper yeah. Cup. You give me Cooper Cup is one of the best Jefferson. Um, they're they're gonna be good. I love Odell, and not to like crap on him at all, but I think taking in Allen Robinson just defeats the purpose of resigning yeah, Odell. He's I not gonna get nearly as many looks. You don't need him. Feed Cup, feed Allen Robinson. Yeah, I don't think you need Odell if you're the Rams. No, where the Bills, they could use a strong one-two punch. Yeah. So I'll, put the pads. I'll tell you what I like this week. Me, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what I like this week one is the revenge games. The Who's Pittsburgh there? Cincinnati game. The New England Miami game. The Okay, what see. what what revenge are you talking about here? There's like, just who are you talking about getting revenge? There's no one particular example for New England Miami, but I'd say in the last three years, it's just been somewhat decent. You know, you look at the I, Miami Miracle. I think that this this week... You look at the weekend, back and forth. We haven't won in Miami in a couple of years. I think this weekend, it changes. Mm-hmm. No, week my, one, we're coming out strong. My big week one game? Panthers-Browns. Yeah, that's my big... Big that's, my bit, that's my big that's one. My I figured it'd be Denver-Seattle for you. No, oh, like, I'm a diehard Denver fan, but no. This is, this is like Brown week Panthers. one, like... Baker's literally gone on the air saying that he's going to F them up. Oh, yeah. Like, he is fired up, ready to go. I realize that they don't have Deshaun Watson, so it's not... I, I hope Cleveland goes 0-16 field. this year. Or 0-17, sorry. But, <laughs> but like, come on now. The the Browns, I think they're going to get they're gonna get diced up. Oh, yeah. Something. I don't know what to think of the Browns after Week 7, but I know until then. I can tell you what to think after Week 11... Deshaun Watson comes back. Oh, wait. I thought it was 7. No, it was 11. They got to they, 11. They okay, to, yeah. uh, so here's how it went. It was 6 games because the judge recommended 6 games. The NFL said, no, we want more than 6 games. But for the first time ever, a player was not suspended for a full season in this case. Instead, he was suspended for 11 games, which then conveniently leads them to their bye week and then in week 13 guess who they play the Texans the Texans in Texas mm. or in Houston sorry that does so kinda... you you tell me where the NFL saw a loophole and said yeah. we want to make some money that that is going to be a big no the NFL this. want to make some money but they yeah. like Brand set up Deshaun's extension deal so that he only loses like very little money in these 11 weeks he's suspended yeah. like I honestly hope the Browns lose every game I know they won't but I'd love to see them lose every game this year because I think that I not only for what they did to Baker but taking in Deshaun after all those allegations and all like the crap that he has on his name he, they don't deserve to do good this year. I hope that Baker has a good game on Sunday. I hope the Baker tears the field apart. 
But, I mean, other than that, who, who else is a surprise or a standout game? I mean, obviously... He mentioned Bills, Broncos, Seattle. Well, Seattle isn't going to put much of a fight. No, it's just nice to see Wilson get to you play know, his old team and actually, put them know, in the garbage can. Looking at this right now, looking Broncos at this country. right Broncos now, let's ride. let's ride. This is probably the game of the week. I Broncos country. Well, actually, there's a couple. Okay, you guys over here is talking about Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the Raiders and Chargers, that's a good one. Yeah. And the Buccaneers and Cowboys. Ugh. Buccaneers and Cowboys. Julio Jones Bucks makes his better. debut with yeah. the Bucks. Tom Brady in, in Dallas. Yeah, it's gonna be a big match. I like the, the Bucks in that game because the Cowboys self sabotage. Cowboys <laughs> are just in a twilight zone between. I can't tell if they're really gonna tank or if they might actually so surprise me. Here's here's my thing: Are the Raiders better than the Chargers? Mm, yes. No. No. Chargers no. gotta take that. Raiders are not even gonna finish. I like Raiders. I like the Raiders' offense better in that game, but the Chargers' defense is gonna. We run all, them. everyone, everyone watching this knows. That knows football, the toughest division in football is going to be the AFC West. What yeah. is it? It's it's not even a like competition this oh. year. NFC is, East is a joke. NFC North, joke. Besides Aaron Rodgers, NFC South, interesting. NFC West, like, AFC West, Rams, AFC West is four teams that. Could make the playoffs. And the Broncos will be sitting pretty right on top at the end no. of the season. No. no. AFC East might be interesting. N- n- yeah, like I guess. No, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you put two with Tyreek. You get Allen Mac and Buffalo. Jones. You got yeah. Mac Jones second oh. year. They're saying that he's improved so much. Um, and then the New York Jets are just the greatest stand-up comedian I've ever met. No, no, no. They're winning the Super Bowl. Right? Those are they're 53 winning. stand-up comedians, and their job is to wear jerseys. They're winning the Super Bowl. They got... The Jets? They got moms no. lined oh up for Oh, my gosh. Weeks. We're going back to this. No. Dude. Uh, I, that is disgusting. Anyway, AFC North. I'm sorry, but that just had to be said. Yeah, AFC North... I think could compete with the AFC West. AFC North, no. Yeah, you got no. the Ravens, Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Steelers. The Steelers are going to be mediocre at best. Yeah, but I mean, you got MVP, Mister Mitchell Trubisky, Nickelodeon MVP, <laughs> <laughs> starting yeah. week one for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think they're going anywhere, man. I. Yeah. I, I yeah, well, just in, just in the sense of the AFC East. Okay, well, here, okay. You guys, both your teams are in the AFC West, so give me your AFC West 1 through 4 right now. 1 through 4? 1 Kansas City Chiefs. Gone back, 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 back. No. <laughs> Another division title coming your way? Another division title coming our way. 2? I'm going to give it to you in Denver. Mm-hmm. This is an odd 2 for me. Because it's between Chargers and Denver, which really has never been the case. No. Until maybe the creation of the modern AFC West. Mm. I mean, I can't think of a time when I was like, man, I don't want to play Chargers or Denver in the same season. Besides 06 when we were worse than both. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. So, two and three, that's a tie for me between Chargers and Broncos. But I'll give it to Denver just because you're sitting next to me. Yeah. And I like you. Four, Raiders. Okay. And Taylor? You know, if, I'm going to take, I mean, Broncos, number one on top. I think they're going to stir up, and then Corlin Sutton's going to have a big comeback here. Jerry Judy's going to improve so much. Russell Wilson's going to be I a mean, beauty. I'm a Pads fan, and I'm not even going to sit here and lie and say we're going to beat the Bills with the number one spot in my division. Like, come on. The, the Broncos are not going to win. Broncos are not taking the one. I don't know. Kansas City, they lost Tyreek. I think Mahomes is going to have some, some work to do. Okay, <laughs> here's the thing. Both of you guys are wrong. First of all, don't say it. No. <laughs> the Chargers are finishing first. Nope. The Chargers are most definitely finishing first. They're the most complete team in football. What? No. Do you not see what they have? Justin Hibbert. I see they not. have number two on lock. Yeah, you're telling me you're he's telling not me taking them to a, cha- to a division title. Okay. Justin. He could be the MVP of the Justin. league this year. What? Let's theoretically take all your earnings from the city of Charlottetown that you uh, had this summer. Yeah. We you, go to, you, not, go to the to you go to the casino. You go to the casino. I'm not going to put it all on LA. Like, then no. why are you so confident in them taking the champ? No, no, no. I'm confident in them taking the division. Division. No, that's what I'm saying. The division champs. Why are you saying that they're, you're confident in that? I'm confident because I think they're better and they're more complete than any of these other teams that are in the division. You are so wrong. What? Who has a better defense than them? Jeez. <laughs> You're lying yes. sitting there saying that because they lost Tyron Matthew this offseason and they're he didn't do much for us anyway besides picks. He did so much. You guys, he was out of the game with a head injury. They had to bring him back because the five plays he was out of the game, they I forget the team that did it, but they literally ripped your secondary apart. Who do we grab in the this draft? Defense, defense, line, defense, defense. And you're expecting big, big plays from your rookies this season. I'm expecting big plays from rookies this season. Well, you better hope they show up in a big way. Andy Reid shows up big, in a big way. If I was playing for a coach like that... Yeah, just feed him some cheeseburgers and he'll be good. That's, yeah. why, he's up on the, that's why he's up in the booth now, too many cheeseburgers. <laughs> so, for me, it's Chargers 1, Kansas City 2, Denver 3, and LA or Vegas 4. Nah. At least we made your two. Like, that's all I can say. But Justin, Chargers are not going one. Have you guys not watched Justin Herbert for the last two years? Yeah, I have, and he's gotten beat a lot by Kansas City. Watched him not make the playoffs last year. Like this is, they added Khalil Mack. They added J.C. Jackson on defense. They still have Joey Bosa. They still have Keenan Allen. They still have uh, the running back, Eckler. They still have him. He was very, very productive last year. They're just... And just the growth of Justin Herbert is going to like involve, and you guys are going to have to just sit there and be like, oh, why did I not listen to Justin? Once you know again. what? There's going to be some very interesting bets off camera made about this season. We'll keep you informed. It's already begun. Oh, it's already begun. <laughs> like... Like the, the New England Patriots, uh, we won't disclose, 
but are basically going to be better than the Denver Broncos. <laughs> nope. Not even close. Yes. We, we all know this. That's a very <laughs> strange accusation there, Justin. We're going 12-5. and five. Mm-hmm. 12-5. I got to look at your schedule. I predicted 10-7, and 11-6 at best. I, pre- I put Broncos at 12-5, though. 11-6 and six if they take a bit to get a job. They went 10-7 and seven last year. The Pats? Pats. Yeah, they did. Let's look at your schedule this year. The Pats' schedule this year is very, very easy. You went 2-1 and one in preseason, which I am aware does not matter. But yes. considering you lost to Vegas. Uh, yeah, okay, congratulations. We lost to Vegas. You want to know why we lost to Vegas? Because Matt Jones wasn't in the game. Because they no. put up 23 points. No, 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 The equivalent of two field goals? No, 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 no. Let's hear it. Because Josh McDaniels is now the new head coach of the Vegas like Raiders. Kyler Murray might be the new head coach of the Cardinals, too. So, <laughs> so, so, you really think Bill's going to do any plays, any new plays to show Josh in preseason, considering he's literally known the team for the last 10 years? You, you really think he's going to show him anything? Because they play them in the season, too. Uh, yeah. You bring up a point, and also I'll bring up this point that I already brought up. Preseason doesn't matter. Um, I, I get that preseason doesn't matter, but like, you, like I, ju- I just want to be clear that he. There's a reason why we did not even basically go to LA and perform whatsoever. I'm, I'm like a thousand percent sure. That, Bill Belichick is the smartest or best head coach to ever coach the game of football. And he's not just going to give the guy who's been his offensive coordinator for the last 10 years. Or not, maybe not the last 10 years. But uh, give the guy that's been alongside him the longest more plays, more tape to watch. Because he already knows week, what is it? Week seventeen or week fifteen, it's gonna be a hard game because Josh McDaniels knows the offense, knows the defense inside and out. Well, that's that's my only take on that. Like, just looking at your schedule, I'm saying eleven and six. Okay, so we play the Dolphins week one. Okay, we're not gonna run through the whole schedule, but I will say. Okay, but here's the weak point. Lions, Browns, Bears, Jets, Colts, Jets, Vikings. Yeah. Those are seven W's in a row. That's seven W's in a row. That should be seven W's in a row. Anything can happen. I'm just saying. And I'm, and I'm saying you're going to get that, maybe four more. That's, <laughs> that's seven W's in a row. I'm going to say maybe you're going to get four more. Where? On that tear. No cap. I mean, other than that, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything else I want to really discuss about the Patriots season this year. You know what? Let's bring it local. Yeah. Folks, I love this island. Taylor's from here. It's a given he loves it. Justin, you love this island. You know what I love most about this island? Um, can I take a guess? Let's hear it. It's where the big screen is, where the big plays happen. Oh, where the big plays happen. It's where the house. Factory, downtown, beer garden, John Brown's, Hunters at the Fox. Folks, you know I love my food. <laughs> <laughs> In all those four locations. 
They got the food. They got the big portions. They got the good <laughs> got deals. The food. Got the big glizzies. <laughs> they got the cold Libras. They got the cold Heineken Zeros for me. The Bud Zeros. That's what I love in this world. Just a big old burger. Big old Philly. Maybe some garlic fingers. And they do it the best. Clearly, Hunter's Ale House did not give us an ad read for this week. <laughs> but we are sponsored this season by again. We can't thank them enough. But still, bringing it local. Let's talk about some college sports. University sports. I mean, so in the next month or so, uh, we are looking forward to getting back into coverage of our local island sports. Obviously, tonight, um, this is being filmed on Monday, September 5th. Uh, the Charlottetown Islanders baseball team is playing the Fredericton Royals in their one-off uh, wildcard game, um, and winner winner goes to the semis. So we'll we'll keep you updated on that. If they continue to go through, we'll be covering them. Um, but in terms of university sports, we have men's and women's soccer for UPEI starting up. We have Holland College women's soccer starting up. We have women's and men's rugby for UPEI starting up. Which yours truly is playing on the men's rugby team. We have... Same effects. Sunday the 11th. We're coming for it. Thank you very much for interrupting my you know, Just wonderful speech here. Point is, yeah, two Holland College students get a UPEI and student. Then Next up is women's rugby new program at Holland the College. Inaugural season of women's yeah, rugby at Holland that'll College. That'll be a very interesting start to their young career, I would say. They've tried it in the past. Let's see how it goes this time. Mm-hmm. I've got hopes for them. And then we have Holland College baseball starting up. And lastly, I would think um, it's Holland College football as well. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. going for a league tying championship title. Yeah, we're like number five is what they're going for. We'll see this we'll see this year what they got in store. Um that's what's happening in the next month or so. Um I do realize that I've left out hockey and base basketball. Those are coming. Those are to come in yes. in probably a month and a half. But the main point is we're back. We're ready to attack. And it's, sports are back on PEI. It's mayhem. And you know what? We didn't even tell you who the guest was yet. Guess what? Biggest it's guess the biggest got. guess we've ever had. <laughs> so get ready, because Ryan Graves is coming at your scene, your screen in three, two, one. All right, we're back with Ryan Graves, currently with the New Jersey Devils, and currently here on PEI. So let's just talk some hockey here. Let's start off in the humble beginnings of Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. What was the dream there as a kid? Yeah, uh, grew up in a small town, Yarmouth. Uh, I played all my minor hockey there. Uh, I didn't take hockey too seriously until I was a little bit older. Um, maybe when I started playing midget hockey, I started to realize that uh, maybe it was something I could do for a little bit longer. Um, so I, I played all my minor hockey in Yarmouth, and then I Played major midget in Bridgewater, uh, and then I played here for the Rocket and the Islanders. I was part of that changeover, so um, I was it was pretty cool to do that. So I've honestly had a, a really cool journey um, from small town, like I said, and then uh, I get to play around the Maritimes and stay in the Maritimes for the majority of my Q career, and then to go to two good teams, uh, went to Valdor after the Islanders, and then to Quebec City after that. So um, and then I turned pro after that. So. Um, it's been it's been a cool journey. So playing with Valdor and the Ramparts, you go to the Mem Cup, 
Uh, you put up, I think, a total of seven points between the two Mem Cup trips. And what was that whole experience like? Yeah, really cool. Um, I was a little hesitant to go to Valdor at first. Uh, I mean, I loved it here on PEI. I have family here. I was just super happy playing here and kind of thought I would stay here the whole time. But um, I had some people that were close to me that kind of convinced me that it'd be the best thing for me long term. And uh, they were right. It was awesome. I uh, went, got to go there and be part of a team that won a championship and go to the Memorial Cup um, the first time around for me. And uh, it really helped me grow as a player. It was kind of that turning point for me um, where you kind of start to round your game out and, and you get more confidence and then you start to kind of play at a higher level. And um, it was kind of that turning point from just being a, a decent junior player to making that transition to someone that could turn pro afterwards. So um, that was cool for me to get to go to that team. And then after that, I was lucky to be traded to the Ramparts who were the host um, the next year. So back to back, we didn't win either one, but uh, cool experience regardless. Yeah, like you say, like Valdor's experience kind of helped you. I would say it kind of did, considering you went from having like, what, 15 points a season to having 39 and 52 games with the Ramparts. Now, is that when you started to get some calls, I would say, about being able to turn pro? Or was anyone looking yeah. at you before that? So I was, I was drafted actually prior to Valdor, yeah. but I was a late round pick. Um, it was just, uh, just, I think, just a big guy who is decent. A lot of big guys get drafted in the later rounds. So I think that's mm -hmm. kind of what the basis was on that. And then, um, yeah, I think then it, it became more serious. Uh, I think I started to get more looks as, instead of just a late round pick that took a chance on as someone that could um, start to develop their game and um, can really make a go at it. And I think Valdor played a system that really helped me develop too. I was always super defensive and that was kind of, still is what my my role is on, on the on the team, but um, they kind of helped me transition from being just straight defensive defenseman to have a little bit of a two-way of, of my game because that team was honestly just straight offense. So you had yeah. to be able to keep up and it, it takes you to your comfort zone and helped me grow. And then going into the next year at Quebec City in a bigger role, a little bit older, I was able to continue that. So you got drafted, I think, 110th overall by the New York Rangers. I personally cannot remember what you got traded for from New York to Colorado. Can you remember what you got traded for? Or yeah, was it, it was just... one for one for a guy named Chris Bigris. Okay. Um, uh, so he, I, last season he played in Lehigh in the American League. Um, I'm not sure where he is this coming season, but um, at the time he had like 70 NHL games and I had zero. So um, I think Colorado really took a big chance in that trade. They, uh, bigger, it said played some games that year, even. Um, and I think they decided to go a different way with him and then gave him a chance in a new organization. And then New York gave me a chance in a new organization, which you, you honestly see that a lot with mm -hmm. teams flop, flop minor, minor league guys to kind of give them a new look. And, um, obviously that really worked out well for me. Would you, would you say that was probably the best trade or move in your life? For sure. Um, I mean, at the time, New York was rebuilding and they had uh, called there was six, six defensemen on uh, the American League team was Hartford at the time. And there were six D down there on NHL contracts and um, five of the six had played, got called up that year. And I was the six who didn't. Um, so it was kind of like that was a tough time for me. And um, they traded me later in that season. So 
I could kind of see it coming that they had no intention for me to play up with the big club. Mm-hmm. Um, and then honestly, it couldn't have been a better situation with Colorado. Um, their farm system was great for me. I played half a year there. Um, and then when I went up, I mean, I got to play with some good players and then I was about half a season in and I got paired with Kale McCarr and it, it just like took my game to the next level and it was just so lucky. And there's so many things that just passed my way with that, that it was um, just really fortunate. Yeah. So you do take the harder route to the NHL playing quite a few seasons with the farm team there, the Eagles. So going through all of that, was it ever just a moment just like, man, maybe I should hang them up? Uh, I, I don't know if I ever got that far, but there's definitely some thoughts that creep into your head of, uh, I remember there was a time I was, my roommate was another defenseman. I actually lived with him. He's a great guy. And um, he got called up and he was the, the fifth D that year to get called up. So that meant I was the last guy who didn't get called up. Um, and when he was sitting in the, in the hotel room with me and he got a call that he was going and it was just, for me, it was a, a really hard moment. And it was just, you're so upsetting. You're just, you spent so many years doing that and you've put so much time and effort into that and sacrifices that you just think it's not going to work out. Um, so that was just, that, that was the, probably the hardest moment for me in all of it. Um, and I, I was still another month or month or two months before I got traded. So, um, definitely a lot of adversity, but then you look back on that and it just makes you grateful for the opportunity I'm given now and the life I'm able to live and to, to play in this league, which is just um, so fortunate. And just you'll never take a day in the league for granted again, just because you know how hard it is to play in the minors and just the grind of that schedule and to even just to be lucky enough to get a chance because there is a lot of luck in it. Um, and, the, and the gap's not that far from guys who n- never make it and the guys who get a chance. So um, just makes you grateful for the opportunity you've been given. Basically, you know, someone's coming for your position every single day of the year. And yeah. it makes it hard. Now, one of your best moments, I would imagine, is your first call up to the NHL. Can you walk us through that and how that was? Yeah, sure. Um, so it was right after Christmas break. So I was with the American League team uh, just after the break. We flew to San Jose uh, to play their farm team, who was also in San Jose. And I got a call the night before the game that um, I was going to get called up. And uh, the big club was in Vegas. So I flew from San Jose to Vegas. Um, I got there the night before the team. They were coming off Christmas break as well. So a lot of them flew in the morning of. Um, so I just kind of spent the night there by myself. And um, kind of a crazy story. The next, So the next day we had the game at 7 o'clock at night. We had morning skate in the morning and um, during skate, I collided with another player and got a huge cut on my arm. So, and it, I had to spend, I spent the whole day in the ER. I didn't know if I was going to play that night. Um, so it was just like, I mean, f- it was four and a half years in the American League of waiting and uh, you finally get your chance and you <laughs> this huge gash in your arm in morning skate, which ne- like never happens. You never see guys get hurt in morning skate. No. So for that to happen at that time was just like, oh, this is never going to happen. Um, yeah, but uh, it, it makes a cool story in the end. And I did play. It was it was fine. So it honestly maybe helped in the end. It took the nerves away. Were you basically like I'm playing no matter what tonight or? Yeah, pretty much. Um, the assistant GM was there and came in and talked to the trainers. Like, is, like, is he going to be fine? I was like, you like do not make another call. Like, I am fine. This is this is not going to keep me from playing. I've waited so long for this. Yeah. Did Buddy, who you collided with, ever be like? 
Oh man, I just ruined probably <laughs> if he's a, hopefully yeah, not he was a, he he became a good friend after um like I mean years and years playing together after that. Uh, but no, it wasn't even his fault. Like it was just like uh, such an innocent thing that could happen. Um and just like the way his skate bumped into me and the way he, we both fell, it just clipped my arm in the in a bad way. It just a cr- crazy thing to happen. So in that same season, you did play 26 games with the Colorado Avalanche, and then you got sent back down to the AHL. Was that kind of a, a hard time, not only just seeing it happen, but mentally for yourself? Um, so it, not really, because the way it happened, um, so I was up for, I think it was like nine games I played, and then I got sent down for All-Star break. Um, so I kind of saw it coming. Um, Cause like they were, they had guys come back healthy. Um, mm-hmm. And then I got called back up again, probably a month later. Um, but at that point, the way, the way it works, once you're um, old enough or have played long enough, if you play more than 10 games in NHL, you have to go through waivers if you get sent back down. Uh, so I was, once I hit that 10th game, I hit the waiver threshold. So I kind of had a feeling that I wasn't going to go back down again. So then the rest of the year I was up for the last probably 40 games I probably played 15 of them um, but I was just basically hanging out with the team and practicing and um, getting to be part of it all so no it was a good experience uh, I was part of the playoffs that year I didn't play but um, I was on the roster and was around it all so uh, that waiver rule is pretty nice for me that year yeah. um, but I didn't actually have to go back down after I played a couple probably nine games and then went back down and then after that I was up for good mm-hmm. yeah so after that you crack it full-time NHL or get the call up again and you never see the light of AHL ever again. <laughs> How's that? Yeah, that's it's yeah, it's kind of how it's gone. But um honestly, I'm thankful for it. Uh, I mean, maybe a little bit longer than I'd like to have been in the American League, but it makes you appreciate it. Like the NHL schedule is still a grind. Uh it's tough, like we're playing every other day, but the AHL schedule is way more of a grind. It's way tougher. Um, it's a really hard atmosphere with competing with your friends and teammates for call-ups and um, stuff like that. So when you're in the NHL and you're playing a back-to-back and you're like, oh, I'm so tired today, but you think about it, you're like, oh, I flew on my our team plane from that city to this city and I stayed in a nice hotel last night and life could be way worse. There's nothing to complain about and it's something that I'll always have. So i would, it's something, would, it, keep, it keeps the complaints out of my system for yeah. sure. <laughs> what would you say would be like, it's just interesting for you to say like the AHL schedule is a lot harder than the NHL schedule. What would be the hardest thing for you in your opinion for the AHL schedule that I think just the travel. Um, I know they've tweaked it a little bit, but like I remember playing in Hartford, I do play in Hartford on Friday. You so say you'd play a three and three. So you would play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then you'd also play Wednesday. So you're playing four games a week. But in the NHL, you do that too, but then you play every other day. So you, mm-hmm. if there's a day between. But in the American League, you'd play Wednesday, you'd have Thursday off, you'd play Friday at home, you'd drive five hours after the game, get in at three in the morning, you'd play that night, and then you'd drive five hours again after that game, get in at three or four in the morning, and you'd play at three o'clock the next afternoon. Um, so it's just like, it's a really hard schedule. Um, I mean, I was like 21, so it, it's a lot easier when you're, when you're young and you're excited, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some older guys that really find it tough and it's it's a lot easier in the NHL when you're you, you get on a plane you take a two-hour plane ride wherever you're going you're in by midnight one in the morning and then you usually have a day between so it's just a, a lot um 
a schedule geared towards recovery and um, and rest and things like that, and they make it easy for us, whereas the American League is a little bit tougher. Yeah. Now, speaking of recovery and building some toughness, you took a pretty bad skate to the chin there. <laughs> so a couple of questions off of that. Do you still have the scar? How many stitches and what was recovery like? <laughs> Definitely still have the scar. You can see it. Um, it's going to get better. Um, so they stitched it right away. It was 19 stitches. Um, I had trouble opening my mouth for a couple of weeks. Um, now it does, it doesn't hurt at all. Now the feel is they it cut the nerves. So there's really no feeling there. Um, but honestly, a really scary moment. It sucks that there's this scar on my face that I hope is going to get better. And they say we'll get better, but, um, it could have been a lot worse if it's lower, it's really dangerous. And if it's higher, you've got to scar up the middle of your face. So that could be a lot worse. It's if, if you're going to catch it in that area, it's probably the best way it could have happened. But at the time it was really scary. I mean, that skate comes within a centimeter of clipping your neck. Um, you have no idea how bad it is. You feel it hit your chin and you just put my glove up to my, up to my chin. And I looked down and it was just completely full of blood. And I was like, Oh boy, like I'm in trouble yeah. here. So I just straight to the locker room and the trainers are putting pressure on it. And it's like, how bad is it? And they wouldn't tell me. So I was like, oh, okay. I, I know this is bad then. <laughs> so it, it was, it was a tough night, but uh, definitely scary. I guess if you look at it, it could have been a lot worse. But definitely, you know, maybe some painkillers maybe to help you out or something <laughs> to deal with that pain or did you just not much honestly it? there was there was really no pain with it it was just it sucked for the next couple of weeks uh i couldn't really eat i could hardly open my mouth because it was so stiff with the stitches um so i missed a couple of games um and then i had to wear the cage for a week or so and then it was then it was fine after that what was it like wearing the cage at that level <laughs> it, it's tough uh i mean it kind of doesn't make sense like why we don't wear them i mean it's completely avoidable if you just wear a cage but going back to it it was tough again to you think it's nothing but then you you haven't i haven't used it in like god probably like eight years now so to go back to it um it was really tough to see below and you kind of lose the puck at times but honestly after a game or two you just get used to it again and finally what did your family and sweetie think of that cut i'm sure they're watching the game yeah, I think it was scary for everyone. Um, usually, you, as soon as you get in the room, you like, especially like it's what I do, at least if I'm in the room and I know I'm not going to come back, I'll usually ask one of the trainers to grab my phone and I'll just text my family and just say, like, I'm good, um, not come back, but I'm good, don't worry, kind of thing. Because um, I know it's scary. There's people that love you that are watching the game and it's different from them. They don't watch it just as a fan, they're invested as in you as a person. So, uh, when they see you go down the tunnel, it's um, not just a loss for the team. It's like they're kind of thinking of their family. So it's um, it can be scary at times for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, I would say when Ryan Graves like became a name in hockey was your big breakout season where you went – he didn't have a lot of points because everyone knows you're a defensive defenseman. But you were plus 40, which I'm pretty sure was close, if not was leading the league in plus minus that year. And that's mm -hmm. when a lot of people I remember back home was like, holy shit, this Ryan Graves guy is actually really good. Yeah, so, that was a cool, it was a cool um, year for me as someone that was kind of, a, I mean, I was a nobody for years. So it was in the American League, I was trying to make it. And then when I made it that first year, I was like a six, seven D man, like in another lineup, didn't really play that much. So, for that to happen. And then I think plus minus is kind of a skewed stat. I mean, it's just, if you're on a good team, you're always a plus, typically a plus. Nate, Nate dog on a, the ice. 
Yeah, it's it's. It, I was on a good team. I'd play with good players. Um, so then, if you're, I was trying to be good defensively. So you try to keep away the minuses, and then the good players give you the pluses. So, um, and then you, if you're on a team that struggles, on the flip side of it, you're usually a minus. Like I was plus forty that year, and um, had nowhere near forty points. And then this year, I I think I had a good year again, and I was a minus player. So it, it's kind of a team step, but it was cool to like the exposure that came from that as someone that took so long to make it and was kind of a nobody. And then to hear my name in the media and things like that was just, it, it felt good. It was cool. Um, so it was, it was nice and something that I'm proud of for sure. I would have to ask you, what is one biggest regret about your time in Colorado? Cause during your time in Colorado, you, like you said, you had great teams, I honestly thought you guys would have won the cup in 2020, 2021. Is that one of the years that you thought this is it? We're going to win. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, We had two years back to back where I think we were favored to win and we didn't win. Um, So that was tough um, to be part of the, to, it fell short in the second round three years in a row. The first year I didn't really play. And then the second, the next two years, I was a big part of the team. So um, looking back, obviously, to see them win this year, it sucks. It's like, oh, they finally got over the hump, which takes teams time. And you see Tampa did that with they lost to Columbus the year before, mm-hmm. before, the, before they went back to back. So it's part of the business. It sucks. Um, we just really struggled to get through that, those teams in the second round um, and just couldn't get over it. Uh, and then obviously they got through it this year uh, with a very similar roster. So uh, that sucks, but uh, part of the game. And like I said, I'm lucky to play in the league in the first place. So um, to be really upset about that, which um, wouldn't really be fair because I'm just happy to be there. Um, but at the same time, it does suck. You want to win, but I'm still young. I'll have other opportunities to do it. Um, but yeah, it definitely sucks. But at the same time, I'm happy for a lot of guys in that team. Yep. Yeah. So speaking of that, they make the trade for you to New Jersey for a draft pick and an AHL guy, much like you were, where it's probably going to be a few years in the minors in college where they're going to see before they're going to see NHL time. So when they do win that cup after your season in Jersey and their successful season, do you make a few calls to the boys that you're still in touch with and, you know, give them the congrats or is it just kind of a, uh, I'm a devil now. (laughs) No, I mean, you let them enjoy their time and, uh, enjoy their celebration and stuff like that. But no, I've talked to a few of them. I'm happy for them. There's some guys in the team that have really been through it. I mean, I kind of came in in the good times. My first year, we made playoffs every year that I was there. We were good. Um, so I was lucky. I was never really part of the dog days there. But there were some guys in the, like like Nate and Landeskog and, and Johnson and guys like Aaron that Johnson, that were there. Yeah, yeah that were there um, when, when they finished dead last in the league and just really struggled for years and years. So. Um, it's those guys are the ones that I'm really happy for that have just put in the time and um, have seen the team take a 180 and go from the bottom of the league to the top. Were you expecting the trade or was it it's, kind of yeah. a curveball? Um, not that much of a curveball. With Seattle coming in, you kind of knew that things were going to shift and um, getting closer to the Seattle draft, you kind of hear who their picks are going to be and stuff like that. And then you hear your name thrown around a lot. You're like, okay, I'm probably on the move here. I'm, where am I going? Is it going to be a trade? It's going to be Seattle. See, it's just part of the business of it. And uh, obviously crappy timing with how that happens, but nothing you can do about that. It's just part of it. For sure. Yeah. I, I want to know, like, 
you played one year full year in New Jersey. You got young, really talented players. You just picked up Plot from Tampa Bay. You got Dougie Hamilton. You got PK Subban. You got T Y Smith or Ty mm-hmm. Smith. Ty Smith, sorry. Yeah. And uh, what what kind of excitement is it going into next year now? Growing as a team, and you got young players, and even. I forgot about Luke, Luke Hughes, who will be probably on his yeah. way out. Yeah, it's it's an exciting time to for Jersey fans. That the team is young, we're good. Um, like, are we ready to win yet? I don't know. But if if we don't make playoffs this year, I think it'll be a disappointment. Uh, I think last year we wanted to make steps towards it, um, and I think we fell a little bit short of that goal. But we're a better team this year. Um, so going into the year, we have high expectations for ourselves. Uh, like you said, it's it's a young team. It's it's got some really good young players with Jack Hughes and Esher and Brad and, and some of those guys that um, can really play and that are just kind of getting their feet in the league um, and they're just going to keep taking steps forward. And I mean, Jack was he was over a point a game and and Brad was pretty close to that too. So like those guys are going to take more steps and then adding veteran guys like Pilot and then um, they've got some young more like Luke coming in. They drafted that other D man so. Yeah. However long they take to come in, they're going to have a, a positive impact on that team. And they built a really good young core there. Do you, uh, did you, or well, did you have any like, you know, recruiting process to try and get Johnny Goudreau to come to New Jersey? <laughs> no, or no that's, it's above, that's above my head. Um, I don't know him at all. So uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't reach out or anything, but uh, no, I mean, Fitzy's was done a it, good job. I think, I think the plot signing is good. Um, I know they were in on Johnny, but um, was it something that happens every year? Was it something you were thinking about? Like, damn, we might get the chance to play with Johnny. Not really. I mean, that's kind of like under your control, and then um, the way it shakes out, it's the way it shakes out. They always trying to better your team. So whatever management does, you just kind of show up and do what you can with it. Yeah. All right. So a couple things here and then we'll let you get back to your very busy schedule, I'm sure. (laughs) So going from Colorado to New Jersey, you're in a whole new locker room and a whole new league. And that's just got to be, I'm sure, somewhat nerve wracking, you know, compared to switching QMJHL locker rooms. So for these new guys coming up, what's your piece of advice through your veteran experience now on going to NHL locker room? Honestly, it's a lot easier than you think. Guys are super nice, um, especially when everyone's older. Like everyone has their life outside of the rink. A lot of guys have families and um, and things like that. So, guys are all professionals, and and obviously you make friends in the team that you're closer with than other guys. But uh, there's not too there's not much clickiness that goes on, and and people are really nice, especially with young guys. They bring them right in, and everyone was in that same stage um, at one point too, so they know that you're coming in, you're young or you're new that. Uh, guys bring you in and they and they really welcome you into into team events activities just day to day and stuff like that so honestly guys are super nice we're all in the same boat um in the city we're not from living um probably all in similar areas so uh, we make it a lot of fun and guys are really easy to get along with and teams change year to year so it's it's pretty normal for there to be a lot of new guys around yeah for sure so new in season three here for the water boys we're introducing a lightning round. So you're very lucky. You're our first guest for a lightning cool, round. Cool, let's do it. All right, you got six questions. Each one, 
bit more controversial, but nothing to worry about. Don't you worry. You just got to answer these right off the top of the head. You ready? Yeah. All right. Would you rather score walk in bar down or pick a corner from the blue line? Uh, probably walk in. Walk in bar down. All right. Yeah. You're putting on the skates in the locker room. Socks or no socks? Oh, socks. That's crazy to go no socks. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, that's, that's a no <laughs> There's some psychopaths in this world, and all of them go no socks and skates. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Tape heel to toe or toe to heel? Uh, I'm heel to toe because I'm too lazy to tape the toe. There we go. Euro. I like it. <laughs> all right. Regular or alternate sweaters? Um, I like the alternates. It's cool. Um, I know some teams like Colorado, we had the divisional games where we'd wear the blue and we had those retro reverses, which were pretty sick. And then Jersey had those Jersey jerseys this year, those black ones. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't wear them this year, but the Jersey has those green ones. Those, those ones are pretty yeah. dope. Like the yeah. old, the old red and green ones. Um, I, 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 soccer field, I think they're so cool. Okay. Piggybacking off that, would you rather go red green or the Jersey Jersey ones? I like red green. With you, with you. Yeah. Jersey, Jersey, my personal opinion. Eh, anyway, <laughs> I guess when you're a devil, you got to answer that you like it. But anyway, <laughs> all right. Would you rather relive your first hockey goal or your first NHL goal? Uh, first NHL goal is pretty cool. It's against the Rangers. Um, it's the team that drafted me and I didn't play for. So um, it was pretty cool. Yeah, definitely that one. All right. Final one. I'm sorry if this pushes the button, but I got to ask it. Would you rather relive that hit by Ryan Reeves or take on a Zamboni at full speed? Oh, I don't definitely Revo. That's fine. I don't, he's, he's, uh, he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'd rather take on a grizzly bear than Ryan Reeves. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate you coming on, Ryan. We appreciate you taking your time and coming on the Waterboys podcast. Uh, Grant, you want to tell them where they can find us? Yeah, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. For live scores and updates, you got to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram's at waterboys underscore media, and Twitter's at the waterboys pod. For all the podcast news, we also have on Instagram the at official waterboys podcast. So I think that does it for the opener of season three, Justin. What do you say? I think so. Oh, yeah. All right, and look what's back, folks, the boom box. We'll see you next time on The Water Boys.